0: First of all, there's no secret. It's work ethic. It's a combination of things. Everybody wants to know, what's the one thing? It's not one thing. It's a combination of things that I do throughout life. But it's work ethic. It's realizing that I I look at life, business, success, much like going to the gym. If you want to lose 30 pounds, you don't go in on Monday and walk out Monday evening and all of a sudden you lost 30 pounds. It's consistency.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Started Up Podcast. Member of the Education Podcast Network. I'm still taking a little time off in the summer and uh, kind of backed away from some of the interviews. But instead, I'm bringing you some of the older episodes. Um, We've tripled in size and audience. And so some of the earlier episodes I wanted to, you know, kind of rebroadcast. And today's episode is with one that, like, you can literally hear at the end of the episode, the friendship beginning. JT McCormick is a mentor. He is a friend now. He's actually on our board of directors with the uh, Started Up Foundation. And he is a guy who has lived it. He is a guy that is always generous with his time um, and, and just and insights. And uh, what I really loved about this episode is the fact that he immediately wanted to bring value to my students and my program. So listen to this guy's words. He is inspirational. He is trending. And I know that they're going to make a movie about this man's life. I just know it. So for those reasons, uh, share this one. Take notes. Just really, really, really take it in. Because I think that uh, JT McCormick is an absolute inspiration. And um, it should be be listened to. So find a quiet space. Take some notes. And enjoy JT McCormick. JT McCormick is joining me. He is uh, the CEO of Book in a Box. His story is amazing. And also, I Got There, the book, I'll have you get into that. But also your journey as a learner. <sighs> reading over and reading your book, you have adapted and pivoted and been a chameleon in more ways than I could count. So let's back all the way up. Uh, all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it explained, uh first of all, uh, a little bit about uh, Book in the Box, and then we'll go into your book.
0: So I'll, I'll give you the story about Book in a Box. I was working at a software company. I was the president of a software company. We had scaled the the company to over 100 people. But truth be told, I do not write code. And so Q3, late Q4 of 2015, I, I was traveling a lot. And I said, okay, I, I'm going to I'm going to take time and I'm going to write my book because I'm transitioning. I want to find what's next for me. And so I reached out to my network and I said, "Okay, can someone tell me how to write a book or can you connect me with someone? And lo and behold, I got I got to tell you this story, Don. I get an email from uh, Jason and he's introducing Tucker Max over email to me. And so he makes the introduction, but in a separate email, Jason says, hey, JT, that's the real Tucker Max. Well, I didn't know who Tucker was, so I respond back to Jason and say, hey, I'm the real JT McCormick. And so (laughs) that's how I came across it. And so Tucker and I sat down. One thing led to another. I won't bore you with all the details, but – I didn't even know if I had a book, and and truth be told, I never wanted to release this book to the public. This book was being written for my children because I wanted them to know where I came from, how I got here, all of the things that I went through, uh, especially that I don't even know where my last name came from. So fast forward, woke up one morning, uh, you know Tucker, you know his his, uh, colorful language. I reached out to Tucker. I said, hey, you and Zach, the the other co-founder, said you got a great Company here. Uh, I'm not into titles. Uh, I'm financially, I'm well off. Uh, Bring me in as a low-level manager. Just let me be a part of what you guys are doing. I I, and Tucker, using his language, he goes, "F that. You're coming into CEO. (laughs) You're you're gonna." And so, I woke up one morning and CEO of of Book of the Box. And so. Uh, it took me a year, but we finally got my book done, and, and here I am.
1: Well, that's Jedi mind trick kind of stuff. I'm, <laughs> these aren't the droids you're looking for. you like, oh, that's okay. I'll come in as low-level manager. I know what you did. I, you're not <laughs> fooling anybody. That's That's pretty cool. No, I – um so backing oh so thank you I, that's awesome and 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 getting to know what book in the box does and and some of the partnerships you guys are making is is awesome and you guys are very and i think people were going to be surprised how altruistic and some of the some of the educational things that are coming down the pike uh, is is inspiring but backing up you said i didn't even know where my last name came from let's get in now to to the book i i it's funny because Tucker was the one that said, "Hey, you need to have this guy on your show, and uh, I'm sending you the book. And if you don't like the book, then you're not a good human being." I think he said, "I oh, know, I don't want to talk to you again, and you're not a good human being if you don't like this." So I'm like, "Okay, okay, Mr. Touchy Feely, that's that's cool." So I read it and and I didn't i I was heartbroken, and yet it's got that whole redemption there towards the end. But um, how? How is it that, how do you respond when people read it and then like bring up something that's clearly, it's not fiction. It's some, it's, and, and you can go into the details of, of the story of your dad and, 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 you know, you and your mom and and you growing up. But, um, I want to know how you respond to when people read it and then like recount some things that were clearly painful.
0: It's, it's taken time, Don. It, you know, it was really, i i I'll explain it best. I've, I've got a story that that I believe says it best. So we're going to the book launch. My wife and I are getting ready. We're headed down. It's a Friday night. Uh, you know, numerous people are going to be at this book launch here in Austin. And my wife looks over at me and she says, hey, are you excited? And I said, no. And she goes, why not? I go, let me explain this to you. I said, I'm about to expose every day detail of my life, the good, the bad, the ugly. I go, I, that's not exciting to me. And she, and she thought about it. And she goes, yeah, that really, it's not exciting. So when, when people approach me, I've come to grips and I'm good with the story. I'm good uh, talking about some of the things that, that I've gone through. But the, the year that it took to actually produce the book really was a, a year of therapy.
1: Yeah. Honestly, that's the way it read in which I, I loved it. I mean that's it didn't seem uh, too scripted for Hollywood because sometimes you know the fiction or the you know, truth is stranger than fiction. Um, but it did. It seemed like it was it was probably therapeutic. Uh, the the details in which you went into the stream of consciousness kind of thing. Like I, I was totally heartbroken when you would wait for your dad to show up and then, you know, oh, well, he showed up right when you fell asleep and here's a matchbox card and you can explain the rest of that. But the, the, the details and how you wrote it were, were beautiful. And, and, I'm, and, and even that thought was occurring to me. I'm like, okay, I know that I'm going to interview this guy. I don't want to say that I'm enjoying this as a story because I am, but at the same time, I shouldn't be. There's that weird part of it. But what I love is is that, look, I'm, I'm a teacher, and I have found again and again and again people with your code, right? I have seen so many students that their parents mean to do well, and they coddle them so much, and that nothing ever bad can happen, that when adulthood really does kick in, it really is tough. And then on the other hand, I've had some students that didn't have any support whatsoever, and life hit them pretty hard, too. You made this journey and then documented it about not having the best of upbringings, but, like, seeing what didn't work and then adjusting. Even, you know, you going into the wrong industry and with Walkovi and all these other things. Like, okay, here's a thing that I couldn't control, but here's how I'm going to control it. Do you think that was partially because of your upbringing? How did you take in these lessons at a young age? Because, you know, my focus is, without a doubt, education. and, And I want more students to have that growth mindset that you clearly had and you can still continue to have.
0: Yeah, it's... How, how did I adjust to those situations? So I'll, I'll back up. You threw a few things out there. Uh, I'll talk about the Matchbox cars real quick, because that, that is definitely a, uh, a, a touchy subject, and I'll be brief. So, yes, my, my father was a pimp. My father was a drug dealer, and I always express to people, my father was a 1970s pimp, not what Jay-Z has turned the word into to, you know, pimp is cool now. My father was a pimp, put a woman on a corner, She sells her body, brings her money to my dad. My dad was a 1970s pimp, and and he was a black man. And my mother was raised in a children's home, an old-school institutional orphanage. When she turned uh, 17, they gave her a suitcase, $20, and they said, good luck to you. And so my mother had no clue where her last name even came from. To this day, we still have no clue where the last name McCormick comes from. So— Long story short, you know, my parents were never married. Uh, Truth be told, (laughs) I've got 23 half-brothers and sisters. I'm the only one by my mother, but my my dad had uh, 23 total children. And so it it was a a horrific upbringing. Everything from navigating drug dealers, pimps, hustlers, whores, uh, drug addicts, crime, I was in in and out of juvenile three different times. I I was homeless. I I was left with my half brothers and sisters for three weeks at a time. So it's, I had this belief, Don, that if you, as long as you keep pushing and you believe, what can be achieved, you can do it. And, and I know that may sound cheesy, but I'll give you an example of this. I'm, I'm often asked, JT, how do you get up at 3.45, 4 a.m. each morning to start your day? How do you get up so early? And then it's usually followed up with the person saying, I'm not a morning person. Well, you know what? You're right, because you just said you're not. So for me, when that alarm clock goes off at 3.45, I'm human. There's days I want to hit the, the snooze button. There days I want to go back to sleep. But I think to myself, wow, there's someone in a hospital right now with cancer that's never going to leave that hospital. There's a family somewhere whose children are in a hospital and that child's never going to leave that hospital. And all I have to do is get up at 345 and go hustle and make the most of this day and be successful. Oh, man, it's it's so easy at that point. So you know, the, the, our, our, our tribe, our team, our our company, they get so tired of hearing me say this, they give me hell, but I can't tell you an adverb from a pronoun. And here I am the CEO of a publishing company. So the, the irony in that, because I went to schools where we weren't even allowed to take our books home at night.
1: Well, and and I even, I like the parallels you draw even kind of in the pimp, hustler mentality, when you go through, you know, your days in the mortgage industry that you're like, I think you said, like, I was trying to convince myself that I was, I was out to help people. And, <laughs> and, 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 and I was like, I was going to get them in a the home, but I wasn't thinking about, well, I mean, heck, all of us now can look back on, on those years of the mortgage industry collapsing on itself. But like, you, even your own cathartic way, were like, okay, I was trying to convince myself of, I'm going to go get mine And yeah, 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 I'm helping other people. Um, When you started to come to terms with that, uh, what are the ramifications? I mean, what did you take away from that? How has that changed you now? How does that, you know, how, what is it different now from you with Book in a Box?
0: Yeah, it's 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 very different now, and I'll, I'll even go back a little bit before I even hit the mortgage industry. I started, if you really want to get down and dirty, at 23, I really got my first opportunity into the corporate world. My first uh, line, <laughs> my my first moment, if you will, was I was the VP of a payday loan company in the Great Northwest at 20 23 years old. A gentleman gave me an opportunity, and I and I really thank him for it but you're talking one of the lowest of the lowest industries payday loans you talk about keeping people trapped yeah. and and so but what i learned is if i could refinance people i keep them in the in the downward spiral they can't get out of it they can't pay their 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 loan let's be honest with ourselves if you need to borrow 100 dollars how the hell are you going to pay it back so you know i i stayed in that mentality, I made a ton of money, but then I went straight from payday loans because I woke up one morning and said, okay, this is dirty. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, it's legal, but you know, so are a lot of things. Doesn't make it right. Then I go into mortgages. <laughs> Mother of God, it, it was just a, a, a bigger stage to, right. to make more money. And the way the game was set up in mortgages was incredible. Uh, fast forward to your question, What? where did I see different. It was at HeadSpring, and and I'll always give uh, Dustin Wells some credit. I did not know about culture. Everything in my life up to that point had been me. It had been survival. I was raised surviving. I never knew what it was like to live because I was raised surviving. What what was my next meal going to be? How was the next day going to be structured? I was raised in chaos. In my goal in life was to make structure and organize chaos. So even now bear with me. I'm going to jump jump to a few sections here. Even now when I look at business because I was raised in such a chaotic environment, oh my god, business is so easy. It, it all of it just makes sense to me. Yeah. But to go to go back to where you said I really was introduced to culture to people to how individuals can help you scale a company, how to come together as a team, as a group, uh, at, at HeadSpring, the software company. And like I said, I got to give their their founder, uh, Dustin Wells, a lot of credit for that because he introduced me to it.
1: Okay. So um, thank you. I'm so glad you said that. I remember um, a couple of years ago, we had the luxury and, and just the honor. Uh, we got invited out by a professor at Stanford University because he liked what our innovation class was doing. And so when we got out there, it, you know Palo Alto is a big little town. And so we got out and then we got an invite, a couple of startups and then Google and then Facebook. And my students were noticing that the workspace there reminded us a lot of our workspace in in the innovation class and I just gushed over it. I'm like, yes, I'm so glad you realized that because they realized then it is the culture of the collaborative. Cause in education, we fall in love with buzz terms, right? And, you know, yeah. we always want to make sure that collaborative and, and normally collaborative to a, some in education means pair and share, like turn to the kid next to you and collaborate. Well, that, that's, that's, That's cool, but there's other collaboration. There's other, you know, just the workspace and how it flows and all these other things. And then they started to see the way the world works, especially high-level places like you're talking about. You you got into this culture uh, at a software company, and it exposed you to a new world. My question to you is, how can we convince more educators, especially decision-makers in education, to create that culture? We all know how to put our finger on it. We all know what it looks like, or at least basic makeups of it. How are we going to put that culture into a public school?
0: Wow, you know, so much of it for me and Don. This is a I appreciate the question so much because one of the greatest struggles that I have right now as a parent and an individual is it's not scaling the company. That's the easy part for me in life. It's looking at the background that I come from and the lack of education I had, and here I have all the resources in the world, all the money I can ask for, so I can send my three kids to the best whatever that is uh, schools. What what? But I have no clue what what is that? What's the definition? Uh, yeah, of yeah, that? I know. Yeah, and, it, and so to, for the collaborative point o- o- on that is in many ways. You're teaching collaboration based on the environment. Mm -hmm. The way kids are going to collaborate in the inner city is not the way the kids are going to collaborate in the suburbs. Two different things. So you have to know your audience for, for one.
1: I I would agree to that, but I also think that, and it's ironically enough, this week I'm working with J- Jamal Crook. He's one of our partners at Started Up. He's an inner city high school, uh, high school and middle school teacher, um, and he sees the same thing. What if you can create that culture in the inner city? And the first thing you have to do, we thought, is make it relevant. They have to see the right. point in it. Um, we know that there's a different reality and there's a different mindset for sure, but that mindset can be malleable, especially if you start earlier. And so, to your point of, you know, should I send my kids to public school? I've had this debate with a lot of people, and and look, I I think this, I think it's worth saving, but I also think it's it's people, not to put you on the spot, but it's people like you that can help convince because. We, we, we look to, and, and, and there's never been a better time. I mean, right now, and I know Gary Vee, sometimes like the word entrepreneur has become too sexy, but like Shark Tank and some of these other really cool things that are going on has made educators go, oh, entrepreneurialism is cool. Fine. What mindset do those people have? Can we create that? What, kind, what, what part of our curriculum can we drop and we all agree that it's no longer valid? And can we have time in the day for our students to work on networking skills? I mean, how crazy, how crazy is it of an idea for our students to learn how to network, how to harness the power of an email list, right? Or how do you increase your digital brand? And teaching not the kids how to do duck face selfies, but instead, like, document their journey on their startup or things of this nature. I mean, I, I, I truly believe with all of my heart that if schools were just open to this idea, change would begin now. And, and and I think that the decision, the power players are the people that already do because I, I think that too often people, academia talks to academia, and academia doesn't – well, I think I told you right before we started the show. The whole reason I started this podcast is my heroes, the people that I look up to, my teacher friends have never heard of Naveen Jain. They never heard of – You know, well, some have heard of Dan Pink, but they never heard of Tim Ferriss. These people, I think, are lifelong learners. They learn how to adapt, they learn how to make the best of a situation better and bring about change thoughts on that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm on a lot.
0: No, you 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 make a great point and and to the the word entrepreneur as well. One piece that we have to realize and I I've been very fortunate that I found my lane. What I mean by this is if you see take uh our, take our co-founders Tucker Max and and Zach O'Bron. They're the co-founders of Book in a Box. They are your zero to one guys. They're your entrepreneurs. Yep. I'm your, I'm your one to a billion guy. I am never going to be the guy who comes up with the, the idea. I'm never going to be the quote-unquote entrepreneur. But guess what? Here's what I have found so many times over and over again. Your, your EOs, your YPOs, why are those groups so successful? Because those individuals, for the most part, not all, they came across an idea and they went with it. And the next thing they know the, the next thing they knew, they woke up one morning and they found themselves in a business. No entrepreneur ever set out and said to themselves, oh, I want to be responsible for operational metrics, KPIs, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, human resources. So you, you also have to teach those basic skills. I'll take it back to school now. So I mentor uh, youth, troubled youth, high-risk youth who are transitioning back into society out of the juvenile system. And it's the damnedest thing. I, I went into the halfway house, and I asked the superintendent when I first signed up. I said, "What do what do these kids need?" And, and his answer was jobs. And I said, "Okay, well, why don't they have them?" And he said, "Well, I don't know." Skin so I go sick. over to the yeah, yeah. I go over to the kids. Don, And I I said to the kids, I said, "Okay, we're gonna role play." Right off the bat, they said, "What's role play?" Okay, so that's that's problem number one. We we're not we're not teaching the the kids. So here's here's the bigger part. This this is uh, hilarious. I asked the kids. I said, okay, we're going to work on shaking hands. Don, do you know that sixty percent of the kids, when I said, okay, shake my hand, they put their fist
1: out. To give no, me a pat- no, 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 no. Okay. Yes. And then the the few that
0: did shake my hand. Gave
1: you lame duck. Yeah, It
0: was the lame duck, looked down at the floor. So I said to these kids, shake my hand, squeeze my hand, look me in the eye, say nice to meet you. And so I'll give give you one more here. So I said to these kids, all right, you're going to walk into Burger King because you need a job, entry level. What are you going to say? And and, and keep in mind, the majority of these kids are Hispanic and and black because I'm I'm here in Austin, so a huge Latino community. Um, And so 60% or or actually all of these kids, I said, how are you going to go in and ask for a job? And the kids go, y'all hiring? And I said, not. (laughs) So I said, but look, if you walk in. And you say, excuse me, sir, do you have any employment opportunities? Guess what? Yeah. You just went to the top of the yeah, list. Yeah, absolutely. Because no one else is walking in saying that. And had
1: that confidence of a handshake and looking you in the eye? Absolutely.
0: Yes. I, I, I'm blown away for for me. When you really consider how many kids go to college, how many graduate high school and don't go to college, why do we not have a class in their senior year in my you know pick a name but call it the basic essentials you know how to shake a hand yep how to 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 address someone basic manners yes we send people out into the world and they don't know excuse my language shit the other one for me don can someone please start teaching kids when they leave high school what credit card debt looks like oh my we are a country now i'm gonna get on my soapbox here for a minute don that's all right Um, we are a country that month over month, we carry on average fifteen dollars to $17,000 in credit card debt. That's not house payments. That's not car payments. That's not student loans. That is credit card debt. Here's what blows me away. We as a society also take very little self-responsibility. Uh, and, and what I mean by that is we will go online and spend hours Trying to find a way to save fifty bucks on a weekend vacation to go to uh, to, to Vegas, but we won't spend thirty minutes to study our four hundred one k, our financial future, our, our retirement. Yeah. And I'm going to do you one better here. We have now in our country started celebrating binge watching TV. Oh, uh, don't
1: get me started. But nobody,
0: no one binge watch, no one binge research their financial future. Yes, yes. people will go and here's the here's the ultimate. Don, I'll I'll, I'll go ahead and put the candles (laughs) on the cake now. We will stand in line overnight, twenty four hours. To get the new iPhone that does two new things versus your old iPhone, and we have the nerve to put people on camera when they walk out celebrating that they just stood in line 24 <laughs> hours for the new phone, but nobody will take 24 hours in a year to study their financial future. Go back to where we we started with this, with you know kids in in, in high school and teaching those lessons. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a great example of this. So right now we're in the middle of scaling. Uh, book in a box and and our parent company uh, is is called Scribe, and we're scaling the company. So I knew I had to take a severe focus to make sure that we scale when we're foundationally strong. I took ESPN off of our direct TV sus- subscription, so I intentionally <laughs> do not watch it and I focus on my four areas of life, God, family, uh, the business, and investments. I I would love to be a great golfer, but it takes five hours to go out and play around, so I don't do it. But we don't teach people, kids, in high school about work ethic. Yeah. Hard work, sacrifice. We are a society that wants everything, instant gratification. We have people now that graduate from college, they've got a piece of paper, and all of a sudden they feel that they've they deserve the, the corner office, the Lexus, the six thousand square foot house, and two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year because you went to school. And what makes it worse, some of these kids didn't even pay for it. Their parents did. But yeah. it's it's um it goes for me. It goes back to that—that that those high school years of what lessons are we are equipping um, children with when they go out into so society?
1: Well, I, I I had this discussion with a, a student um, once, and, and he, he blamed it all on – I'm not going to say which coddled celebrity who hasn't really done anything, but their parents did. And he's <laughs> like, well, reality TV screwed me up. And I'm like, why is that? He goes – well, a lot of people are making money for doing nothing, and I figured I could be a reality TV star. Yeah. <sighs> As a matter of fact, I, I might have. Well, no. there is a there is a successful YouTuber who is very young, and what's funny is you think that he might be kind of an airhead kid. I'm not going to name him because he may may or may not be in the show soon. But he it uh, from the appearances, he's clueless and just having fun, but. He's calculated. He knows marketing. He has skills, and so yes. I I think that you know even our students that are watching and thinking there you don't really have to work hard. I wish there was behind the scenes shows of the people that seemingly don't make it look hard, but it is. I mean, as well as why I like Casey Neistat. I mean, I, Casey Neistat has blown up YouTube, but he shares how much he works. Yeah. Gary Vee is legendary for how much he works. I'm hoping that those influencers will influence for sure.
0: Well, and, and to your point, that's when, when I mentor the the youth, I express to them, and, and I even get this question from people in corporate America, uh, is, okay, JT's, what what's your secret? First of all, there's no secret. It, it's work ethic. It's a combination of things. Everybody wants to know, what's the one thing? It's not one thing. It's a combination yeah. of things that I do throughout life. But it's work ethic. It's realizing that I, I look at life, business, success, much like going to the gym. If you want to lose 30 pounds, you don't go in on Monday and walk out Monday evening and all of a sudden you lost 30 pounds. It's consistency. You, you have to repeat over and over the workout, the diet. There's many components to losing that 30 pounds, but we're not breaking it down, in my opinion, to the common sense level to children so they can understand when they go out into society how life really works. And that's that for me, uh, again, Don, I, I don't want to go into to the book and all that, but man, I've been sexually abused. I've been homeless. I've been in juvenile three different times. You you read the book. Hell, I I didn't graduate high school. I had to go to summer school to get the high school diploma, and then a janitor gave it to me. There's no college degree here. this, This is a combination of true... Uh, work ethic. And, and to your point, you said this at the very beginning, I am a lifelong learner. Yeah. I want to go out like Warren Buffett, 88 years old, still working.
1: Yeah, no, I, you you circled it back for me. I, I, I When you said it's not one thing, it's a formula, it's a recipe. I think it's what I enjoyed about your book. And and I know that you don't want this to be just about your book, because things are bigger and more grandiose than that. But you're it's right there for you to, to look at the recipe, to say, okay, here was the obstacle, here was the overcome. Um, I enjoy your zest for life. I enjoy your sense of humor. But most importantly, I love the here's growth mindset on display. And man, I'm, I'm hoping um, more people check it out. Uh, I, I you know, want more students to be able to take a look at this. Uh, if you're a teacher, a matter of fact, uh, give everybody all the info where they can find you also on Amazon, all that good stuff.
0: So, man, this, this, this is hard. I, I'm still having a hard time uh, coming to the realization that, that I, I have a, a book. But uh, the, the book is called I, I Got There, uh, How I Overcame uh, Racism, Abuse, and, and Poverty to uh, Achieve the American Dream. And it's, uh, like you said, it's on Amazon. And right now I'm the president and CEO of Book in a Box. And, and I got to say this part, Don, because I'm very proud of this. We are a two and a half year old startup and we have no debt, no loans, no private equity, and no VC money. And we are profitable. And why that's important to me? Because in this day and age, that's we crazy. Cele- we celebrate all the unicorns who have these mythical valuations, but <laughs> we've got real money in the bank and we got a real bottom line. And damn it, I am very proud that we've achieved that. The office gets tired of of hearing me say it once a month. uh, Here in Austin, we get the Business Journal, and there's this section in there, and it will have pictures of co-founders, and they're smiling with this huge smile on their face, and it says, uh, "Such and such just raised Series C, eighteen million dollars." And I and I ask, "What the hell are you smiling for?" Yeah,
1: why did you need (laughs) to raise it? Yeah
0: right
1: so anyway oh more debt yay no that's awesome I, i i sincerely i appreciate you being on i love uh the candid talk i i even started this conversation off like i had a bunch of questions prepared and i was like no no i keep learning the fact that the best interviews i do is i like to have conversations like this so i sincerely appreciate your time and and your willingness to uh to be on the show
0: No, Don, this was great. I'm very humbled and flattered that you had me on when I when I first saw that it was regarding education. I thought, oh, hell, because, (laughs) you know, that that's not a a deep area for me. So I I appreciate you having me on. And and I'll I'll say this to you uh, now and I'll say it to you afterwards. But you let me know and I'll be more than happy to fly up to where you are and, and meet with your students as well.
1: Awesome. I appreciate you, man. I do. Thanks, Don. All right. We'll see you, JT.
0: Take care, buddy. Bye,
1: see bro. you. There you go. What did I tell you? I love the love the work of JT McCormick. Love the guy personally. Um, the reason why we have grown, the reason why we're finding people like JT is because I get recommendations through Facebook or email. So if you have a recommendation of a really great guest, please, please reach out to me. Facebook.com slash start at up or Don at start at up innovation. That's all we have for this week. Friday, I've got a really great episode coming up for you. And until then, this is Don Wettrick reminding you
0: that opportunities are everywhere. We'll see ya.